right, everybody. Welcome to the That's Good Sports podcast. I am Brandon Perna here with the one and many guys named Will, but you are. Yeah, no, I'm actually Will Keys. so. Okay, really, yeah. I, gave, I gave you a really good introduction there. This is the That's Good Sports podcast. Uh, you can download us on Podbean, that's goodsports.com, uh, or that's goodsports.podbean.com, and we're on iTunes, so check us out on iTunes. Please give us a ranking there. That's the only way we can be successful. Uh, during this podcast, basically what we do is we talk about the Broncos and the NFL. We start with the Broncos, since my YouTube channel was built by Broncos fans, and then we get into NFL news. Uh, and you can see on the sidebar now the things we're going to talk about. So the Broncos stadium sign, which I'm sure nobody really wants to talk about anymore. We got or. Mason versus uh, Keezer. Is his name Keezer? Keesor? I think, I think so. Sounds uh, about right. The Broncos Madden ranks. Then I got a little segment called Stat Blast where I make will guess some stats that I find interesting. We're going to talk about Papa Douche. That's Papa John. Uh, there's some problems with the Arizona Cardinals organization, some crazy kind of things happened this week and Eli's fascination with Saquon Barkley's legs. It's not just Eli either. It's basically the, the whole world's fascinated with his thighs. Um, but before we do that, Will, uh, how, just, how are you doing? Are you, have you recovered from your, uh, DeMarcus cousins going to the golden state warriors? <laughs> Have you forgiven? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm – no, I'm not <laughs> I mean, I think I personally am okay. Uh, will I forgive him? Time will tell. It might never happen, though. So, uh, I'll leave the door open, but probably not. I'm a, I like to hold grudges, so, you know. Sorry, DeMarcus. Sorry, De, sorry, sorry, DeMarcus. Yeah. Friendship ended with DeMarcus. New friendship with Harry Giles. Uh, yeah. So – Last week, we, I, I said I might have news to discuss and that we might not even be doing a podcast this week because it's kind of big news, exciting news. I still can't discuss it. Mm -hmm. The process is still happening. Yep. Uh, and so hopefully I can update you next week. It, it's a tease. It's another tease to, to tune in again, I guess. Yeah, like a like – a Eight pound, seven ounce teaser. No babies. A lot of people thought I was I was having a baby. Sure. My wife and I are not pregnant. If we do get pregnant, we have decided that I will I will carry the baby. Um, just because it, I have more room in my belly. It looks like at this point. Uh, although exercise and diet has been helping me with that. Um, but you know, I'll put the weight back on for a baby. If I can be what Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the movie junior, not only would I be happy to do it, I think I can make a shit ton of money being a man carrying a baby. I mean, you'd be the first, so that seems profitable, right? Yes. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure like surrogate mothers make just absolute bank. That's why they do it. Yeah. But like, if I was the first man to do it, wouldn't I be, I'd be on Oprah. I'd be yeah. on, Jimmy Kimmel, I'd be on Conan. I would, yeah, I would be on all of them except for probably Jimmy Fallon because I feel like oh, yeah. he's the least entertaining or funny. Maybe he's entertaining. I, I, I would do Colbert too. Yeah, no, Fallon would just clap like a seal the whole time. You'd 
the whole time you're being interviewed and just being like, wow, that's great. That's great. That's great. Thanks, Brandon. That's great. That's great. It's great. And I would do the, the karaoke car thing with James Cordon. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That's just, that's just a dream I have that I really, I know will never happen. So yeah. the lesson here, kids, is give up on your dreams because they're probably never going to happen. Speaking of like conspiracy theories, there's a conspiracy theory that like you're going to have a kid still, you know, it might happen. Um, there's a conspiracy theory that I saw on the YouTube comments last week that said the only reason that I was on the show was because uh, I'm your wife's brother. Can you <laughs> confirm or deny? That would make you my brother. <laughs> yeah, make me your brother-in-law. No, give me my wife's husband. No. That I'm your oh, wife's my, sorry, brother. sorry, yeah, yeah. My wife's brother. Okay, for some reason I was thinking my sister. Uh... <laughs> No, you are not my wife's brother. Uh, I'm your girlfriend's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're my wife's br- boyfriend. Yeah. Will is my wife's boyfriend, and that's why he's on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, the reason Will is here is because my friend Chad Jensen, who uh, runs Mile High Huddle, Chad gave me like my first shot to do videos in the Broncos blogosphere, and Chad and I have remained friends, and he's like a, a point of contact for me on a lot of things, but Chad recommended Will as uh, a writer who would fit for me because I was looking for a writer for thatsgoodsports.com. I needed somebody who was funny and also knew sports. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he recommended Will. Will did the podcast with Chad. Will talked to me on that podcast before, and I thought he was funny. I don't think he's been too funny yet here, but maybe he can get better. Well, there's still time. There's uh, there's time for everything. So that's, that's why Will's here. Yeah. Um, my sister's husband, Mike, he's been on my show before. Uh, he, uh, so you might have seen his face, and maybe that's what they were actually thinking. Because you guys, I mean, you don't really look alike, but you both have kind of blondish, reddish sort of hair, I guess. Um, red. You know, easy, easy on the red. No, I see. That's just, that's just the sunlight. That's just, that's just a bad angle, okay? Okay. Well, it's, light, it's dirty, the, dirty brownish blonde. Yeah. Call me. Don't call me a ginger ever again. Okay. We're gonna have, we're gonna have problems. All right. So now that we have really just dispelled some conspiracy theories, yeah. uh, Let's talk about the first subject, Will. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. So the Broncos are temporarily naming Mile High Stadium Broncos Stadium at Mile High, and uh, to commemorate the event, they put up a nice sign. Or maybe not so nice because it's just a tarp that says Broncos Stadium at Mile High with um, some questionable art design. Uh, looks like it, like he said, looks like it was made like on, I don't know, like Microsoft Paint by like a middle schooler. Uh, I don't know if those were <laughs> your exact words. Uh, I said but, Photoshop by a high schooler, but same, oh, okay. same difference. Yeah, I guess it's a step up in both directions. Uh, it doesn't look very good, but here's the thing. Uh, who cares? Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. <laughs> I get that take. And I've seen you say it. Yeah. I've seen my friend Ryan Green say it. I've seen Ryan Konigs- Konigsberg say it. All people I like, okay? Uh, but you're all fucking wrong. You're all wrong. Does it really matter? No. But does it? Is it kind of shitty that the Broncos organization couldn't even take the time 
to make the thing people, the, one of the first things people see when they drive, drive by the stadium is that sign. When you walk into the stadium, you see that and you get this tarp with a generic logo on it. And yeah, it's temporary. Okay. If this was going to be up a month, I wouldn't care. But the fact that they're putting up this sign means it might be up there for a while. So I, mean, I don't there's no th- reason to believe that it's not going to be up for just a month. Yeah, there is. It's because they haven't gotten this. It's taken them two years to even sports authority went bankrupt like two years ago and they haven't been able to find a new partner. Yeah. Yes. It shouldn't be that hard by the way. Well, I don't know. Sports authority paid like 120 million or some shit. Uh, It's maybe that's why they went bankrupt. Yeah, I know. It's, I don't know. I think that I, I mean, I feel like the stadium name, you could call it mile high stadium and then have the sponsored logos like next to it. You know what I mean? Like it could be Mile yeah. High Stadium and then two big signs for whatever company wants to sponsor it. You're going to see it every time they look at the stadium. They can say Mile High Stadium sponsored by whatever. I don't know why they need to, to do it that way, but it's not important news. You guys are all right, okay? But here's why I thought it was funny is the, when I first saw it on Twitter – my reaction was like, oh, God, that looks like shit. And I didn't think anything of it. And then that evening, I noticed that everybody was ripping on it on Twitter. So I was like, well, maybe there's something to that. So I wanted to talk about it. I don't want to make up shit to talk about just for the sake of talking about it, but I thought it was... uh, (laughs) Yeah, we'd never do that. (laughs) Nope, not here. Nope, wrong podcast. We stick to things that matter. Yes, yes. Um... The thing about, yeah, it's like the ultimate example of just like, it's July, it's pre-training camp, there's absolutely nothing to talk about. I kind of get it. On the other hand, like I said in my article, um, we need to treat tarps with a little more respect. They do a lot. That's fair. Uh, You know, what do you cover like a car with uh, when you're about to like show it off or like it's like a, a secret, like a birthday present? You cover it with a tarp. Um, in World War II, in the Pacific Theater, when it was raining, you know, the soldiers, the U.S. soldiers had to sleep under tarps. Uh, when there's a storm and you need to cover a baseball diamond, use a tarp. Uh, when, you know, That's like correct. The what? Jaguars can't sell out their stadium and they don't want it to look like... That's no- the Raiders do that. Yeah. Did the Jags do it too? Yeah, yeah, the Jags do it too. Jags and Raiders? They use a tarp, so... I'm okay, yeah, there are practical the there are practical uses for a tarp. Okay, they're a, ut- yes. it's a utility player. It's like a long snapper. Important job. Nobody gives it enough respect. Uh, but when you move the long snapper to the quarterback position, like the Broncos have done with this tarp, it does not look good. And we'll leave it at that. Next topic. Next topic. All right. So um, we had a little Twitter skirmish. The other day, I mean, skirmish might be a, a bit of a strong word, but we had a little back and forth. So um, Seth Keezer from I thought he's from Arrowhead Pride, but which is a Chiefs blog. But now I think he he writes for the Athletic. Maybe seemed, he was with Arrowhead Pride and then yeah, decided yeah. to go to the Athletic where they would pay him. True, that's a good reason. Um, yeah, they're kind of taking over the world. But so he replied to a tweet. Uh, by Mile High Report, kind of just like dissing the Chiefs for, you know, sucking in January, which they do. 
Uh, and he tweeted, it has been 1,028 days since the Broncos have beaten the Chiefs. I look forward to my mentions being flooded with ang- angry tweets about how great the Broncos used to be and how bad the Chiefs used to be, et cetera. Uh, and then, yeah, so naturally you got some people replying. And Andrew Mason, who works for the Broncos, uh, the Broncos' official media department, tweeted out that uh, in those 128 days, or 1,028 days, the Broncos have more playoff wins than the Chiefs do. And that, like, that's the end of the discussion. Like, how do you, how do you argue against that? Like, you're done. You're done, Seth. I'm sorry. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have a, a good argument there, obviously. Uh, I will say, though, I respect him because he supports me on Twitter. Uh, he respects my work, so I'm not going to throw him under the bus. But you can't really defend the Chiefs in a d- debate like this. I no. mean – the Chargers and Raiders both have had more postseason success than the Chiefs over the last, like, 20 years. Uh, and I don't know. I think uh, also I would never try to debate Andrew Mason on mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. That dude is so smart. That guy yeah. has, like, a photographic memory. He knows – like, okay, so one thing I know really well, the Broncos, right? Andrew Mason's knowledge of the Broncos, a hundred times better. Another thing I knew pretty well, the Simpsons, Andrew Mason's knowledge, a hundred times better. Like he's just one of those guys who absorbs information. Uh, So unless like the debate was about facts about my own personal life, I think I would (laughs) He still might get you. Okay, maybe. Because uh, he retains knowledge. Yeah. That has been my, the thing I've learned as I get older, like, Oh yeah, I I, re- I remember reading that information, but none of it stuck in here, my brain. So yeah. I would not try to get into a st- statistical uh, pissing contest with Andrew Mason. I wouldn't even get into a regular pissing contest with him. No, he could probably. He could probably. I've heard he like could pee field. very far. So. Yeah. Make sure you tweet Andrew Mason and say congrats on the great yeah. – uh, Congrats on the stream. P- uh, congrats on the stream. That's yeah. that's polite. He can – yeah, he can pee as far as Jamarcus Russell can throw a football. The other so. thing that, that's cool about Mason is he, he obviously works for the Broncos, but uh, he'll engage with anybody on Twitter. Like, he's not one of those people who's gotten into a, a pretty cool position and then just starts ignoring – fans who ask him questions and everything mm-hmm. he's very engaging and if you want actual broncos if you have real questions i mean tweet them to me i'll give you a shit answer but if you want real answers tweet them to, to to mason yeah i don't think he's even like a broncos fan is he yeah is he i like think a so fan? oh i don't know maybe not i like i feel like that's even more impressive if you just like have all this knowledge about one team that you didn't even like grow up watching or caring yeah. about and did you see that the Broncos are going to air two new TV shows or some shit? Uh, locally, I mean, they're doing yeah, they're doing a version that. of Mason's uh, the radio show they do. So I'm guessing some sort of like recap thing, and then like a another 30 minute weekly Broncos TV episode. And I would just like to let everybody know, not a single person from the Broncos organization reached out to me to help with that show in any way. So yeah, 
incredibly disrespectful. Is it going to be good? Probably. But could it have been better if I, were, if I were on board? Marginally. Marginally. At least you would get one laugh every episode. That's what I would guarantee. Yeah. I just like last point on this is like I think – so Seth Keezer was the guy who tweeted this originally. Um, Keezer definitely sounds like if I started my own Weezer cover band, I think. Keezer? Weezer and Keezer? <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a solid observation, Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know if it's a burn or like. I like Weezers. That's the way you think um, about Weezer. Yeah, I think their first two albums are really good. So yeah, the old Weezer, Pinkerton yeah, and Pinkerton's great. The Blue album. Yeah, it's as good as it gets. Oh yeah, quick debate. What's which album is better? Oh shit. <sighs> I don't know. I I probably listened to Pinkerton more. Yeah, I think so too, uh, but it's not like a it's not an album like you can play with like anybody else. No, nah, yeah, like, you can't, like go on like a car ride with other people and like blast some Pinkerton. You're a weirdo. <laughs> unless yeah, unless they they liked Pinkerton. Uh, yeah, it's just a very like, album had the hits, but I, I feel like mm-hmm. the music I like maybe a little more is on Pinkerton. Agree, agree. All right, yeah. So that's Settle that's that. the Weezer talk. <laughs> that's the Weezer Settle talk for that. today. Get here one every week. We'll talk one piece of music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until we forget to do it next well next week we won't be here well maybe i'll do something will's gonna be out of town in mexico getting drunk mm-hmm. so uh fyi correct all right um so some more broncos news uh before we go to the nfl here's, so the Madden 19 here's yeah. something i think's less interesting than the broncos sign by the way true uh so have you seen this have you heard about this uh Madden 19 released their player ratings for the Broncos, so some notables, Vaughn Miller, 99, I agree. Uh, but then the next highest-rated player is Chris Harris, which seems correct, but he's all the way down at 88. Uh, so that's, that's like, not even in the top 10 corners. Chris the, Harris should be a 92. I agree. I think that's, you know, a, a perfectly reasonable – all he does is play consistently great football every single year. He's so consistent, like, people just forget about him. And, what, two years ago, he was ranked as the first or second best corner in the NFL overall from Pro Football Focus? Like, Oh, yeah, like – Show him some fucking love, Madden. 2014 was, like, one of the, like, top three best cornerback seasons of, like, the, the century, according yeah. to Pro Football Focus. You know, ever ever since John Madden died, like, their rankings have just went to shit. Yeah. I feel like – I almost feel bad, like, doing this segment just because I feel like they do, like, ridiculous player ratings to start just to, like, get attention. And then they, like, change them during the season, obviously. Right. they just, like, fiddle with them every week, which is kind of pointless, too. Um, but some other notables. Case Keenum's 81. Seems about right. Uh, mm. Bradley Chubb is 80. Do you disagree with Keenum? I think he should be higher. I think he should be a little higher. I mean, especially for Madden, like, if you're talking about the way a player would translate to a video game, Case Keenum should be mid-90s because what he did last year was avoid sacks and make, you know, crazy plays uh, and threw hardly any interceptions. And in terms of just translating to a video game. So I think his, like, escapability – uh, as a quarterback and his mobility for the game, he's 82. Put him at where Chris Harris is. Give him an 88. 
to okay. start. If you're going to base it off of last season, too. Yeah, no, hard to argue because that's really all it comes down to. Clearly, like, it's last season because – so, Brandon Marshall is 77. He's lower than Todd Davis, who's at 78. Like, anybody who thinks wow. Todd Davis is a better linebacker than Brandon Marshall, I don't think uh, A, watches football, or B, like, knows how to watch football. Right. Well, I mean uh, – Like, he didn't have a great year last year. The but, thing is, Todd Davis played better last year, and Brandon Marshall had a shoulder injury all year, right? So one yeah. player got a little bit better, and the other player, his play declined because he was injured. But Brandon Marshall, like, he still did a lot of things well. And really, the defense as a whole got put in terrible positions. So it's kind of hard to evaluate. But overall, yeah, I think Brandon Marshall has shown he's a very good linebacker in the NFL, and I think he would deserve a higher rating than Todd Davis. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, let's be real. Like Todd Davis kind of had it easy last year, just because the Broncos were like always down and teams ran the football a lot on us. And his specialty is, you know, run stopping the run. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but he improved in pass coverage. He did. Yeah, he did. But nobody, none of the linebackers were great in pass coverage last year. And if you look at what Danny Trevathan did in in Chicago. He was one of the best linebackers in coverage in the NFL. So that, you know, that was one of those releases, him and Malik Jackson, when it happened, that really, really stung. And at first, when that happened, I remember thinking, like, I wish they would have been able to keep Trevathan. I thought they could have kept him for a a smaller price tag, and I thought his value to the defense would have been better. Uh, but then he had injury issues and Malik Jackson played really well. And I was like, well, maybe it would have been better to keep Malik Jackson. Trevathan bounces back. Either way, they're both good. And, uh, when you have a linebacker who can play the run and pass as well as a guy like Danny Trevathan, like those are, that's a piece you want to keep on your team. And the Broncos are still struggling to replace that. So, yeah, I think like if you could go back, you would probably give, Derek Wolf's money to Malik Jackson or Danny Trevathan, I think. You agree with that? Uh, no. I would have paid Derek Wolf and I would have tried to work out contracts with Malik Jackson and Danny Trevathan during the season before their value got as yeah. high as it did. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, But I mean, I don't remember this. Let it go that far. Yeah, I don't remember the, like in the play season. Yeah, they were struggling a little bit with the cap because they had to pay. I think Wolf's going to have a really good year this year, so we'll see. Let's hope so. I think he's rated 83 on Madden. Yeah, he's had that neck issue that he finally got fixed, so we'll see. Uh, Just a few more. So, Carlos Henderson's a 73, which I guess reasonable. (laughs) He should be 100. Everybody knows yeah. it. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, Carlos, Angel- Carlos Henderson. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing. Carlos oh, sorry, Henderson- I was thinking D'Angelo Henderson. <laughs> Carlos Henderson's 73, but D'Angelo Henderson is only like uh, – I want to get the correct rating here. It's loading. Uh, he is – D'Angelo Henderson, the running back, is 64. Well, I mean, that's probably nine points lower. He didn't play. We're the only ones who know his potential. He did play, though, at the end of the year. D'Angelo Henderson. Yeah, uh, barely. Touchdown. Barely. Against the what? Who? The Raiders or? The Chiefs. Chiefs. The Chiefs. A good defense. 
yeah. Patrick Mahomes when all the Broncos defense left the game and everybody thought Patrick Mahomes was yeah. I feel like that's enough to not have you rated nine points lower than Carlos Henderson, who is not taking a snap in the NFL. That's fair. And even before he took a snap, he was not looking good. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was training camp. Dropping balls all over the place. Andy Janovich, 66. Okay. That's Pull just back. bad. Uh, Paxson Lynch is an even 70. Probably too high. Here's the thing, though. Chad Kelly, 68. Oh, come on. I don't like that. Give him like a that. 71. I don't like that one bit. They know. Is it? They, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. They know Paxton Lynch plays too much Madden. That's why they gave him a higher. True. Higher, they didn't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah, at least give him like a good That's a, a good burn run for all the Xbox jokes with Paxton Lynch that you've heard every day on the fan for the last year. Is that really what they talk about? Like he just plays too much get. Xbox. Get. Sorry, it's my cat fucking with papers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was talking to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I respect my wife. Uh, we respect women on this podcast. I don't respect cats. Nope. Well, I give that cat plenty it. of love. Plenty of love. Yeah. What were we saying? fuck was i talking about something about pax and lynch playing xbox too much oh yeah they talk i mean that's like the joke on 104.3 the fan that <laughs> he didn't spend he spent too much time playing xbox and not enough time learning the playbook i think i don't know who coined it probably cecil and it might be true but it's like okay we we got it you can do both you can do both so the Broncos Madden yeah. rankings overall. Really did, fucking stupid. Where did they put uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders? What did they give them? Uh, so they're both 88 as well. Okay. They're going to yeah. be better with Keenum. Fine. Uh, yeah. That's higher than I thought they would give. Both, yeah. But fair. Okay. So we're going to move on to talking about NFL football. Yes. In general, football, NFL. Uh, let's start. Ooh, yeah, my segment, Stat Blast. Stat Blast. I don't have a, I don't have a like a musical sting for it, but it would go something like, "Are you ready to get stat blasted?" Stat Blast. Stat Blast. Stat Blast. Okay, so first stat question for you, Will. Which NFL team? Do you think led the league in interceptions last season? All right, so this one's tough. Yeah, no uh, shit. I wouldn't ask you an easy <laughs> question. Sometimes you like to lead off with an easy question, just in general. I don't know, just to get people warmed up. That's how they usually do it, like on who wants to be a millionaire. But Right, you know, but the, the thing is, like, I want you to be wrong. Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm stalling so I can think of that. This is probably a team you wouldn't have guessed. Okay. Okay. Well, that helps me out, I think. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans because I know Kevin Byard had like eight himself. Okay. That is a good guess, but it is wrong. Fuck. Sorry. I'm just trying to double check it, and of course now <laughs> – uh, it won't load. Hold on. Okay. I just want. To, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm right. The Tennessee Titans. Let's see where they ranked before I give you the answer. 
Dun, 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 sad stat fucking blast. You're getting finger blasted by these stats. Tennessee Titans only had 12 interceptions last year. Oh. So, Bayard probably accounted for 75% of their picks. Yeah. All right. The team that had the most picks, and I thought it was going to be like uh, Jacksonville, who mm-hmm. was actually number two, um, or I thought maybe uh, the Eagles, who were number yeah. four at 19, but it was the Baltimore Ravens with 22 interceptions. Ooh. Three returned for touchdowns. Yikes. Oh, they got them all in that like that Dolphins Thursday night game, basically. They got a bunch. How many did they get? Was it like <laughs> – they, I know they scored like two defensive touchdowns. Yeah, they definitely um, picked off Jake Cutler a few times or Matt Moore, whoever's playing. What's the yeah, difference? but I mean, I guess I was kind of surprised that they were number one. Uh, regardless yeah, that is of weird. An outlier game. But the yeah. Jacks had 21. The Saints had 20. Lions were tied at four with the Eagles at 19-19. The Trump Broncos wins. were 24th, tied 24th in a three-way tie with 10 picks so Denver has a big big room to improve yeah Uh, Ravens sneaking in okay that was question one of stat blast question two stat blast which team do you think had the highest overall special teams ranking on pro football focus okay I feel like you're making the you're, you ask these questions because the answers are probably not obvious. However, I'm going to go with what I think will probably be the obvious answer and say the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh, good guess, but they were ranked 10th. Fuck. <laughs> it was actually uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Vikings had best overall special teams rankings. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, number two. And the reason I found this is because I was looking to see how bad they had the Broncos special teams rated. Uh, Tied for third worst with the Packers. So the only teams they ranked worst on special teams were the Giants and Bears. I thought that was the third stat cast question. How Uh, bad were the Broncos? Oh, we can't even get through the inaugural stat cast. Sorry. Yeah, I already fucked up my own segment. But that's what you're going to learn to, you know, expect here on uh, That's Good Sports. Wait, stat blast. I said stat cast, but that's like a baseball you, thing. It's already fucked up. You can't yeah. say the name right. I can't ask the question right. It's been the worst segment of all it's time. A disaster. Um, I was I was actually going to find one more stat to do, and uh, I got busy doing something else before the podcast. So... That's the end of the segment. Very successful in all of our failures. Yeah. I, I have been stat blasted. Okay. All over so, my face. Uh, I've got some news. This week has been very interesting for football yeah. news. Uh, I'm going to start with one that's only sort of football related, which is that uh, Papa John has uh, had to resign as whatever – all right, so he already had to resign as CEO after yeah. the he said um, that the, nas- the national anthem protests were affecting his pizza sales, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think there's – I don't think those two things go together. That's, that's like me saying um, 
Well, you see, yeah. Well, you see, when people are on their knees all day, um, they're not they're not using up as much energy. Therefore, they're not as hungry. They're not as hungry. They're eating less pizza. That that's one way. Specifically, it could, Papa John's. It not could have affected ones. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So this week, though, he had to resign from whatever other position he had left. I think like chairman, probably chairman, something like that. Sorry, I thought I I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Anyway, because on a conference call, he said uh, Colonel Sanders called blacks the N word, and he used the N word all the time, and he never faced any public backlash at KFC. Okay. Yeah, true. He didn't. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know because that was he's. When did the, he start the KFC? Probably because it was the South. Forties and the fifties or some shit. Before civil rights and uh, during Jim Crow laws. So yeah, he probably didn't face a lot of backlash back then. I don't know. And well, why would he? Why would you even care about that as the uh, as a guy who created the company? Like, mm-hmm. you know what? I wish. I could say the N word more and not face back. That's basically like the point he's he made there, <laughs> and he said it to a bunch of people on a conference call. Uh, we've known that guy's an idiot for a while, but uh, I don't know. This story is just fucking bizarre to me. Um, and since Peyton Manning had Very all strange. that those Papa John stores, and Papa yeah. John's was a big NFL sponsor, and we had that news last year, I thought it was. Interesting enough to talk about on our football. Podcast. Yeah, he and yeah, Peyton Manning and Papa John's basically kissed like after the Broncos won the Super Bowl, like before Peyton Manning even like went into the middle of the field to shake hands. Right. Papa John's was there before anybody else. Do you do you think that Peyton Manning knew Papa John's was? And I'm not even going to use Papa John's actual name because I think not, it is his legal name. It's not worth it. Like, do you think Peyton Manning knew that he was a racist? That he was I working certain, with a racist? I certainly hope not. A guy who is that careful about his business decisions? This is a big oversight. And yeah, I am well, to put my name out there as somebody who can work for Peyton Manning to make sure stuff like this does not happen. Yeah, I'd apply for that job. Uh, <laughs> 2.5 million a year, Peyton, and I'll make sure you never work with a racist again. Yeah, you'll carefully vet... Uh, all business owners, you'll put them through a, a racial profiling test, and somehow that's worth two point five million dollars. Yep. Yeah. What pizza pl- What pizza chain do you think Peyton Manning should start endorsing instead of Papa John's? LeBron's, Blaze. Blaze. I just I had Blaze actually a couple days ago. It's all right. It's fine. It's it's decent. It's it's not it's nothing to write home about. That's like the thing with pizza, right? That's fast food. Like you kind of yeah. know what to expect and they're all sort of the same. Which mm-hmm. which pizza actually tastes the most racist? That's my question. Ooh. Wow. I think Little Caesars probably. <laughs> it it tastes like it was uh like like it was made uh by people who are not getting paid enough probably are getting okay. paid Less than minimum wage, I think. Which pizza tastes the most progressive? Wow. That's something. I would say Papa Murphy's because you yeah, make Pop- it at, 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 how, at your own home. Like, yeah, that's true. on the forefront of progression. 
That's the future, truly. Ovens in people's homes. It's wow. Fresh, hot. When you you know you don't get that. Oh, they delivered six pizzas before yours, and now your pizza's just kind yeah. Of really okay, hot. yeah. But you also like have to cut it yourself. And for people like me who kind of like struggle with like very basic tasks such as cutting a pizza like into um, equal slices. Okay. Fair That's, enough. It's troubling. It's troubling, to say the least. I spend a lot of time in the kitchen, uh, so that's not an issue for me. But yeah. uh, Awesome. Good for you. And I awesome also like their, their Thai chicken pizza. Papa John's doesn't have a Thai chicken pizza. Not yet. You know why? Because it's too ethnic for, for them. That's do, they have, um, do they have round table in Colorado? Round table. I don't know. Mm, that's... I think that's the best pizza chain, but I think it might be a West Coast thing. Might be. Yeah. Also, um, my favorite part of, uh, on on one of the Office episodes is when Michael Scott visits New York City. Oh yeah. And gets the authentic piece of American <laughs> or uh, New York pizza from Sabaros. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say when he like orders the the pizza from the the wrong pizza place is it then, pizzas by cafe. angelo or yeah, Angelo's yeah. pizza cafe or whatever the fuck yeah and then he kidnaps the, the yeah. pizza delivery guy two great pizza moments on the mm-hmm. office yeah, some great ones some great so, ones so i would say sabaro's is the best chain sabaro's is pretty good they um, don't deliver though and i actually don't know no. the last time i ate at one <laughs> yeah no oh well next time i go to new york i'll be sure to go to sabaro's and nowhere else because what's the point yeah, you got to get that slice. Yeah. Um, um, so that's probably enough pizza talk for yeah. the Let's, podcast. You want to do the uh, – oh, wait. I wanted to say – I just want to ask if you know what this is because Major okay. League Baseball, after Papa John, this came out, Major League Baseball suspended the Papa Slam promo they had. My question to you is what the fuck is the Papa Slam promo? Do you know? I don't know, but I'm going to guess that – it has something to do with like a grand slam. Like every time, uh, anytime like a, a, a hitter hits a grand slam, it's a free like, pizza on Monday like a deal or, something. or like something like that. Yeah. Okay. Like some prices get knocked off. I was just gen, gen, uh, gen, genuinely curious to see if you knew what the Papa Slam was. Yeah. We're, yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to make a stand by suspending this promo that nobody cares about whatsoever. Right. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, was the Arizona Cardinals. They've had yeah. an interesting week. Their owner and GM. Tell us what happened, Will. So, yeah, their owner, uh, Michael Bidwell, probably remember him from All or Nothing the first season. Uh, but he went on a conservative radio show to endorse the, the new Supreme Court nominee appointed by President Trump, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, who I believe, is he from Arizona? I don't fucking know. Uh, obviously, because they went to high school so, together or some shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we'll say yes. Um, Unless so that, they went to high school yeah. somewhere else, yeah. but So they did that, and then uh, the Arizona Cardinals website also published an entire article that endorsed Kavanaugh. Yeah. Um, so it's not that – It's how does this compare to, like, when uh, John Elway endorsed Neil Gorsuch a few years ago? Uh, yeah, that was just like last year and it was on, he said yeah. on a Broncos letterhead, right? That was the, uh-huh. the thing. Uh, I think it's an issue just because 
NFL owners have been adamant, most of them, about not supporting the, the players during their, their protests that their argument is it's political and on Sundays this is not a time to, to, to be political. Um, and then they do things like this. So it's like if you're somebody, I feel like, who is ve- vehemently against the player anthem protests, you have to be just as against NFL owners doing things like this. The problem is I think what people really are against is when a player or an owner says something politically that doesn't fall in line with their beliefs. So I think it's just, it's like a nice little pot of hypocrisy from all, all sides. Like, and if he went on the radio show and talked about it, that's one thing, but for the Cardinals website to put up an article about it, I think it takes it to a complete, another level. And I think, it was just not well gauged by the Arizona's PR department uh, and, and the owner himself. Uh, I get it. like if you had like if you're friends with somebody and they're go they're up for the Supreme Court. I understand why you'd be excited about that, uh, despite like that person's you know politics. Um, but he specifically said in that rate like the radio interview right that you know players shouldn't protest on Sunday. They've got 22 games or whatever, and they players can do whatever they want outside of that, but not on Sunday. It's like, then why are you on a, a radio show right now <laughs> doing what you're telling? I don't know. It seems hypocritical uh, and just misguided, I think. Yeah. No, I have, like, more of a problem with the website running, like, an article. Yeah. Just because that's, like – I don't know. Like, you know, you definitely don't go to ArizonaCardinals.com for your Supreme Court endorsements, <laughs> right. personally. I mean, that's not where I would think to go. Right off the bat, I'd probably go to, you know, a more politically geared website, like Infowars.com, of course. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't really have a problem with him going on a radio station to, like, talk about, like, hey, you know, this guy who I grew up with is – right. Uh, a nominee for the Supreme court. It would be cool if he got it. So, so yeah, no, I kind of agree. Kind of weird though. The, yeah. the website thing is, I think is the bigger issue. Uh, and the, this, this news may have been the reason that their general manager, manager, Steve Kime drank so much and decided to drive. It might it be probably just like, Oh shit, not this. This is just a problem I'm going to have to deal with. And he tried to drink his problems mm-hmm. away. And then drove. drive his problems away. So what happened? Yeah, so he got pulled over on the fourth of July. Uh, okay, I think so it, was, it was before this came out. Dang it! Oh, my yeah, theory's so. just been kinda, disproved. Kind of ruined your point there. Uh, but I think it was actually the morning of the fifth of July, so it was past midnight. Um, right. Just gauging by what he was saying to the officer. Um, so yeah, he got pulled over. Uh, refused to take a breathalyzer test and was arrested for DUI, which um, I think we should add that in Arizona, I think you can't drink, you can't have any um, alcohol in your system when you're driving. Like it's a zero tolerance. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's not like 0.08 like most states. So so when he told the officer that he had had two beers that night, he was already fucked. Yeah. Did you watch the video? I did, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so if it is zero tolerance state, 
Like, he was so drunk, he didn't even know to say, like, he didn't drink. Yeah. yeah. Around after midnight, always just say you're leaving work. You had to work late. Like, that's going to be the least suspicious thing. He was like, oh, I've just been hopping, bouncing around. He said something like that, and the officer's like, have you had anything (laughs) to drink? He's like, "Uh, two beers. Yeah, I feel like like someone – Basically, anybody who gets pulled over for a DUI, like, regardless of whether they had, like, uh, I don't know, like, a swig of Listerine or, like, 20 shots of tequila, like, they're just going to say two beers to the officer. Yeah. And That's I kind think, of standard answer. And then he, he also said he couldn't do the field sobriety test because he had a bad knee. His knee was really bad. Fair. Fair. So they gave him an eyeball test, and he mm-hmm. couldn't keep his head straight. So the officer yeah. said, put your, put your hands on your neck so you don't turn your head. Uh, and I will say that the cop who arrested him may have been the nicest police officer yes. in DUI arrests history. Mm-hmm. He probably knew who the guy was, but he was so respectful to him. Uh, I have to imagine that anybody who – has been in that sort of situation, which I haven't, uh, would be angry because I'm sure most people are not treated that kindly uh, if they are suspected of a DUI. Yeah, no, like he, he was like, um, all right, do you mind blowing a breathalyzer? And Steve Kahn, like, he was like staring into space for a second and he was like, actually, no, I can't do that. Like he came to the senses like, no, uh, like that's a bad idea, even though I'm probably pretty drunk right now. And, like, that's an automatic arrest. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that's something you can fight in court without, you know, it's better not to have uh, that breathalyzer test on record. Uh, yeah. And then he, like, cuffed him up with, like, he's like, I don't want to, like, you, you have some pretty broad shoulders, so I'm going to double cuff you here, which I assume is just, like, cuffing two handcuffs together. handcuffs together to give them, like, optimal space. Like, I think the point of handcuffing a person is like it, you do want it to be tight, so like they can't do anything. Um, but yeah, he was cooperative, so I don't know, like like the officer was very uh, um, very. It's the way those situations probably should happen. Yeah, know that probably they don't very often. I don't think he knew who he was though, because I think in the report he said he was like the cardinal's uh, head of security or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which like he kind of does look more like the head of security than he does like the head of the front office. The, 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 big, the big guy with the bad knee is head of security. <laughs> yeah, wearing he, a pink T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I just – you know, you remember two years ago, Michael Floyd was pulled over in Arizona because he fell mm-hmm. asleep at the wheel of his car at an intersection. He had a blood alcohol level of 0.217. So I'm just guessing that, like, they're the, – like, the hobby in Arizona is get really drunk and then you think you can drive home because you're in the desert and it has yeah. effects on your brain. Yeah. You're just like that dry air will sober me up. Surely. Yeah, exactly. I'll be fine. I'll drink one glass of water. <laughs> so good. yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think this we probably takes, yeah. takes a little pressure off of Josh Rosen, you know, they're doing it for Josh. It also takes pressure off of Christian Kirk, who was, like, arrested for cocaine, I think, before the oh. draft. Oh. That was another story. So, I think he's just doing it in solidarity, which probably not a great move. 
Uh, Stick with the substance abuse. Yeah. It's going to be like $20,000 probably, possibly even a few days in jail. Also, you can't travel to Canada for a long time. No. Which arguably like uh, the worst punishment you can get. Everybody knows Canada is a beautiful place. I would go to Canada. Yeah. I would live there, Will, if Canada wanted somebody to cover NFL football for them. (laughs) That's good hockey with your host. Brandon Perna. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to about. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to That's Good Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, I would have so much research to do. Welcome to That's Hockey Good. Nice drink. Used to at CFL. Probably like the. I could do that. I could do Canadian football. I could do Canadian football. You ever try to watch Canadian football? Not for a long time. I do it like every summer. Like I tell myself, like. Oh, I'll just watch a game a week just because, like, ESPN starts showing it in, like, June. And, like, by that time, I'm just, like, so starved for football that anything looks good to me. Right. And then I just completely forget about it, like, two weeks later. <laughs> it's just such a weird game. Like, there's three downs and, like, oh. feels really wide. And, yeah, like, your like second down is your third down. I don't and like that. I don't, I don't get it, like – I want some, like, sustained offensive drive. It's like punts are not the way into my – or most viewers' hearts, I think. Yeah, except for Rich Eisen, right? Oh, I guess so. Yeah, I guess they're nah, – they're not people. Let's be real. Uh, except for Marquette King. He's – yeah. He's going to he's gonna prove to be MVP punter. He might be. Uh, okay, so we'll wrap this up real quick here. I didn't mention the the LaShawn McCoy situation. Yeah. Um. I made a video covering that pretty in-depthly on That's Good Sports YouTube channel. Uh, But basically, originally he was accused of beating his girlfriend. Then the news came out that it was a a home invasion happened and that it was somebody else that uh, assaulted her uh, pretty badly. Um, But now we're waiting to find out whether LaShawn McCoy hired that person to assault her or if it was unrelated or if she hired this person herself to do this because there's a weird contentious relationship between these two. He was suing her to get her out of his house. It's a bizarre story. I don't know what to believe, but uh, maybe we'll talk about it more when we have more information because it's it's like, it's heavy shit. It's serious stuff. So I don't want to get anything wrong. Like, I don't give a fuck if I get something wrong about a football stat or something like that. This is a little more serious. So we'll end on something completely not serious, which is Eli Manning talking about Saquon Barkley's thighs. Yeah, so I'm going to read the quote here. Give us the juicy quote. Uh, So Eli Manning said, regarding regarding his running backs, (laughs) regarding his running backs' legs, uh, his quads are the size of my waist and whole upper body. I've never quite seen anything like it. I don't often stare at another man's legs, but in that case, you just can't quite help it. I would like to take Saquon to a nice dinner, uh, take him home, and get more familiar with those legs, possibly uh, by a nice roaring fireplace with a glass of red wine or two. All right, so that's the full quote from Eli Manning. I feel like part of that quote is from you. I don't know. No, that's just what he said at that's practice. The, that's what he said. We could confirm. Yeah, that's just what he said. <laughs> you know what? Okay. 
<laughs> Saquon's thighs are for real. And yeah, but what I took what I took away from this is Eli Manning has a very good sense of humor. And I gotta give him props for talking about this so eloquently. I don't think a lot of men have the confidence or security to even joke about that who play in the NFL. Uh so maybe Eli wants to to push Peyton for being the funny brother moving forward. Yeah, or like you maybe never... he's just he wasn't being funny and Saquon's no. thighs are that powerful. I think they are. Like you have you seen that picture of him like playing golf with those like shorter shorts? Yeah. Yeah. Like you ever see Goldeneye? The James Bond movie? The like the older one, the original? The no, not Goldfinger, like Goldeneye with Pierce oh. Brosnan. Oh no, I never watched that one. Uh yeah, well there's like this one of the Bond girls was like uh this Russian assassin who would like kill you like when she was having sex with you by like choking you out with her thighs. The best way I feel to like die. yeah, I feel like Saquon Barkley could just like squeeze my head off with those thighs. He could. He could kill yeah. you with his legs. He absolutely could. They look like sequoia trees. They are thin. <laughs> They're thick as hell. I'm excited to watch him play. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad he's in, like, the NFC, and I don't have to worry about him playing against the Broncos. Uh, I think it's cool when running backs get selected high. Uh, I, I think it's a fun experiment to watch because it worked out with Ezekiel Elliott for mm-hmm. a season and a half. Um, so with that success, I want to see if Saquon can, you know – turn the Giants around and make them competitive. Because if the Giants are good and the Cowboys are good, I believe the Eagles will be good again. That division becomes very interesting. Like last year, it wasn't inter- interesting at all. And it won't just be Saquon Barkley, but uh, he's definitely one of those players I'm excited to watch and I'm going to root for, uh, I think, in t- this football season. Yeah. And if you're ever wondering, like, why – great athletes are geared towards one sport over another just like look at the legs on a football player like specifically a running back versus an nba basketball player because like an nba player usually like their upper body is just like totally built and it's like huge but their legs are actually like pretty thin and they're like kind of kind of small because like that's the most aerodynamic build for a person right and it keeps them in the air the longest. That's why they like, can jump so high and stay in the air so long. And, like, a guy like Saquon Barkley, like, obviously the ideal build for a running back is to just, like, have just monstrous legs where you can just, like, keep the play going and, like, yeah. churn through tacklers and, like, stay low to the ground and, like, make strong cuts. Yeah, it's like if you look at – and the reason that works and it's why I think shorter uh, athletes are successful running backs is because they have – thick lower bodies like i don't know guys like maurice jones drew yeah cj anderson cj anderson they have a lot of and it's not just power i think it's like balance down there so their center gravity is lower and when they have that support it makes them like dangerous as running backs because it makes them harder to tackle by the legs and that's where you want to hit a running back to to tackle them um so yeah that's a good observation in an actual in like in putting yeah. it in a way that it actually applies to football yeah i wouldn't well, have thought yeah, about that I, I had to tie <laughs> i had to make this like podcast like semi uh football related to a point because otherwise it's just 
this has been one of the more ridiculous episodes in a while. I respect that, Will. Yeah. And with that, we will conclude this episode of That's Good Sports. We're not going to get any better than breaking down players' lower halves of their bodies and how it helps them in sports. Uh, what are you? What are we going to hashtag today with for anybody who made it? Oh, that's a, um, a comment. Hash- just a comment. Yeah, comment like your favorite pizza chain. I think. Yes. Or which uh, which athlete's uh, body parts you like the most? That yeah, that too. Uh, we might be playing with and fire there, but you cannot comment on female athletes if you're a man. This has to be man to man respect. True. Okay? Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, Wilkie's is on Twitter at Wilkie's six. Uh, so give him a follow. Make sure you follow his writing on that'sgoodsports.com. His articles are really funny. Uh, and Ian uh, Ian Bruns, he wrote an article for us recently. I think he might be uh, writing some more. You can check him out on Twitter as well. And that's it. We are out of here. That's it. We love you. Yes. <laughs>